Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100 of Pixel Feed Radio. And I'm here with Nick Amabile. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Christian. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to be uh, here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I Listen, before we get into it, for those of you listening who've been here from day one or like picked up halfway around, you know, half of the journey there, never in a million years I would thought I would stick to 100 episodes. And obviously I'm going to keep going now, but... I made it work. I made it work. So it's a good thing. That's awesome. Um, Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. And you're you're here for it. So I'm excited. We're going to talk about data, especially in a post iOS 14 world, which, uh, yeah, I don't like Tim Cook. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Nick is the CEO and principal of, of, of uh, a firm called DAS42. Obviously, they specialize in data. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about the firm? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, DOS42 is a boutique data and analytics consulting firm. Uh, essentially, we have capabilities across the full stack of data and analytics. So, that's data engineering, data warehousing, business intelligence, analytics, and applications. Um, and, you know, we've been really lucky to work with really awesome customers, everyone from Fortune 500 to small startups and everyone in between, lots of different industries. Uh, my personal background before starting the uh, consulting firm was as the head of BI at Jet.com, and prior to that was uh, in senior analytics roles at Etsy. So I have a lot of experience on both sides of the table, both as a consultant, but also as a practitioner internally. So um, so yeah, that's us. Yeah, I have a, a really good friend of mine, and he he works for, for a company specializing on, on compiling all the data together. So he's like an Excel master. And every time I like, I'm like the, a total noob still to this day when it, when it comes to Excel. I know the basics and that's it. 
And so I annoy him all the time. I'm like, dude, why did the formatting change halfway down the page? How do I fix this? And he just laughs. But then he tries to run Facebook ads, and then I laugh when he asks me the question. Oh, there you go, so, right? To each so his own. So it's even. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Jet.com, huh? You work for Jet.com? How did that? How was that? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a wild ride. I mean, like that. You know, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with that company, so it was a uh, as an e-commerce company. I think it was the fastest company e-commerce company to get to a billion dollars in sales. That's how I know them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Up. Yep. They blew up really quickly, and so you know, I was there for about seven months, to be honest, it felt like a lifetime, you know, in that seven months, we set up their full data platform, um, you know, modern cloud based data analytics platform on Airflow and, and Looker business intelligence technology, but the firm was subsequently sold to Walmart, in the largest e commerce transaction ever, I think at the time, it was, you know, three point something billion dollars, it was nuts. So I mean, it was a wild ride, learned a ton, met a, met a ton of great people. Um, and since, you know, since actually we've, we've been consulting with Walmart uh, at DOS 42, as well as a number of the other folks at Jet who have gone on to start other e-commerce and direct-to-consumer companies. So we've worked with a number of those folks and still count many of them as friends and colleagues. So it's, it's it was a fantastic awesome. run. So before we get into the whole e-commerce, Apple, iOS 14, which I'm sure everybody who's watching this and listening to it, that, that, that's all they want to know about. But as somebody who just launched his fourth brand, um, I exit the other ones. Uh, I still have one, but that's a dropship. It doesn't count. Uh, I'm having such a hard time because I, we literally launched during as soon as iOS 14 hit, and I literally underestimated how bad it was going to be uh, because costs are through the roof. Obviously, everything's getting blocked. Uh, so I'm curious to see how what you guys are doing on your end uh, to deal with all that stuff. But again, before we get into e-commerce, Facebook, Apple. How how did it all start for you? Were you well? Obviously, you were a computer computer geek like I am. So you know, I just I was too stupid to pass computer to get a computer science degree. Like I could not get, I cannot get past algebra two and calculus. It's just I felt algebra two like three times I think it was, and then calculus, forget it. But I tried. So. You I'll know, say I, I, I went to school for I went to school for economics, not computer science, which I what? think you know. It's, it's still yeah, I know, right? I know. You know, it, it's funny because these days now there's tons of different like analytics programs, like masters in business analytics programs and yeah. boot camps and stuff like that. Like when I went to college, you know, there wasn't any of those type of programs, so you kind of had to pick. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 35, so you know, okay, not, I'm 41. Not super so I'm just old, trying yeah. to to get yeah. an idea, you know, of what computers <laughs> yeah. you grew up with. Exactly. Well, yeah. I still remember a day before computers, and I also remember a day before the internet, of course. Me too. Yeah, but me that too. was but that was the thing that really got me excited was actually computer games and like you know early computer yeah, games. Yeah, man. Me and too. I was like, this is awesome. Like, how do you how do you make these things? How does this work? You know, you just kind of start to peel back the onion a little oh, bit. What was what was your favorite games growing up? Because I was like an adventure guy. Like, I loved all the adventures game. Anything by Sierra, I owned all. Oh yeah. Of them. I still own the remasters. Full Throttle was one of my favorites, which I actually just replayed not too long ago. Uh, all those games were so, there was something about them, man. It, you know, they were so simple, but they were so immersive. And then, of course, Doom came out and all that stuff. Yeah, but, Doom. Yeah. 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 What was, was your favorite first, games growing up? Yeah. I was, I was a big like Doom, Wolfenstein. Yeah. I liked, um, you know, what else? Like a whole bunch of stuff, like, you know, trying to do some of the adventure games. I remember like, um, like there was a Jane's uh, flight simulator thing with like uh, fighter jets and stuff like that. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. You know, but it's like it's funny because like when you try to run those games like back in the old computers, like the old PCs and stuff, 
like they would inevitably not work and you'd have no, to like hack the no. bios you'd have to like do all kinds of stuff like get into the command prompt and stuff like that going to the sound card and change the the i don't even remember what it was but you got to choose the midi channel or whatever i remember sending them support with sierra like i can't get sound and they will walk me through it i mean god man we're going back to the dos you know Signing into DOS and all that yeah, stuff exactly. to fix yeah, all go, that you stuff. Go to DOS and everything, the BIOS, and then you know what? Like... Though, now that we talk about this, and people who listen to, they know I'm a total computer nerd. Um, you know what I miss? Like, I still I love Steam and all that stuff, and I can just download a game like as soon as it comes out. Obviously, it's it's super you know awesome, but I do miss like going to like well, it's now GameStop. It used to be eBay back at not eBay, um, EB Games back in the day. Oh yeah, and like walking in and seeing the big computer game boxes. You remember those? And then you'll be so excited, like, oh my God, there's all these new games. And you know, the only way you found out about it was like with the magazines and all that stuff. I don't know, man, there was something about it. Maybe it's because I grew up with it and it was there was something cool about it, you know, being all the marketing materials. That's what, you know, I'm in marketing now. Well, so I love like, all that like, stuff. Uh, PC Gamer would have all the parts list. They still do, you know, like yeah. online and stuff like that. And so I started building computers and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And, you know, that was the thing that you you wanted to have, like the, the dual graphics cards with SLI, the oh, Blues or whatever. Drama? I can't remember. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you my drama right now. Yeah. The computer that I'm on right now is a desktop that I built. You ready for this? Okay. It's a bit because I just went back to check when, when I built it. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 11 years ago, but everything's overclocked. So I can still run and, you know, I spent a pretty penny on it when I built it. And I can still play games on like, like high graphics, not all of it, obviously, but I can still play games on high graphics. I'll still get like, you know, like if it's a first person shooters, I can still get like 50 frames per second out of it. Yeah, which is decent, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. This thing keeps crashing on me left and right. And I'm pretty sure it's either the, the, the chip or the video card or the graphics card. And obviously, I cannot get my hands on a decent car that somebody's not charging like five grand for. Yeah, yeah. So dealing with that stuff. Uh, anyway, that was my geek out bitching for a minute because I really want to build a new computer. I see all these cool builds and I'm like, I want one. <laughs> I just I just built one during COVID. I had nothing better to do. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go build, make a build. And so what anyway, car did not, you get on, though? So so I had um, a GeForce, uh, was it 2080 uh, 20 Ti? I yeah. had that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did just. I, I'm gonna admit. I I did splurge on a um on the new video card. Yeah, 3080. <laughs> so I got, I got a 3080 Ti now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, was, you're right. But I was like looking and and like you know it's like a local micro center had it. They weren't selling it online. It was in store only. So I was like you know drove over there, grabbed it. Yeah, two weeks ago I found out that Best Buy was having a drop like uh an hour away from where I live, and I'm like, okay, I'm totally gonna go see if I can get one. So I'm like, okay, if I wake up at four, get there at seven, you know, I'll get a ticket and then I can get in and hopefully I can get at least a 3080 or a 3090 for now. You know, well, the 3090 is what I really want, but you know, whatever. Mm, me too. Yeah. And uh, I get there and there's already like a line wrapped around the building. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. So there's that. Um, all right. So you grew up with computers, grew up with all that stuff. Uh, obviously, you are where you're at now because of that. So, and I don't want to take a couple of time going back in time, but so let's get started. How, okay, so you left jet.com and decided to start a company. What was that move like? What gave you the idea? Yeah, it was just it was just one of those things where like I felt a pretty, you know, I was lucky to be ahead of the curve at places like Etsy and Jet being able to use technologies at the time like Hadoop and stuff like that, which were relatively new and then Spark and things like that. So, you know, I felt that I had learned a lot of things the hard way, um, you know, by banging my head against the wall and trying yeah. to figure these different challenges out. And so actually, it's funny because after I left Jet, I went to go interview at a bunch of companies here in the New York area. I live in the New York City area. And everyone wanted me to do the same thing, which was like set up their data warehouse, set up their BI tool, make sure all the data is like matching for different reports. And I was like, man, if everyone's asking me to do the same thing that I just did at Jet and then before that I was at Etsy, you know, there must be a thing here, right? There must be some sort of market if everyone needs and has the same problem. So I was like, you know what, I'll start my own thing, just doing uh, consulting. And I realized that you know, there's awesome technology out there and there still is today, right? For data and analytics, there's awesome technology. And the problem is not really a technology problem. It's more of like a people problem, right? It's a process problem. It's it's a, it's a having folks who have the experience and know how, how to translate the business problems into sort of a technical solution. I realized that was kind of what I was good at. And, you know, I was never going to be a software engineer and, you know, create, you know, the next Facebook or anything like that. I always, right. always wanted to start my own company. So I was like, look, if I can go and start my own company, pick my clients, work from home, uh, you know, focus on getting better at the work as opposed to, you know, kind of corporate BS and, you know, kind of rising to the ranks. I was like, you know, I, I still want to be hands on keyboard. Um, so that was really the motivation. And to see if I could start and just make a living doing that, I would have been happy doing it. Um, I mean, since then, it's, it's just really just blown up. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I ended up being, you know, kind of lucky in terms of the timing, um, you know, the whole digital transformation and, and sort of cloud adoption. 
in the enterprise has just been huge, a huge tailwind. And so now we're 65 people um, based mostly in New York and Denver. And like I said, we've worked with really awesome customers, you know, like Uber and Amazon, Snapchat, Dropbox, Walmart, Disney, others. It's been it's been a great ride. So, uh, you know, I feel really lucky. And, and I think there's a lot more a lot more work to go do. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So now I'm curious on how you grew the business. So I'm, I'm assuming when you decided to start a company, you started with like someone else or you brought some people up for the ride. Yeah, I started one other person that I used to work with, a colleague of mine from Etsy and Jet. Um, but you know, it was really just, you know, I was able to, you know, I always wanted to start a business that I could start with like a laptop and a cell phone, you know what I mean? Like no other expenses. It doesn't, you know, that. Yeah, me too. And work from anywhere in the world. And then I got married and had kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's life taking a, its course. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, same idea though, right? I was like, look, I'm going to start with a buddy of mine who who is also in analytics and we we're just going to do the work ourselves and, you know, write all the code and do all the work ourselves. And it worked out. Um, unfortunately, you know, my old partner left, uh, which was a bummer, but he's he's on doing awesome things now. He's, he's a great guy. And so we're still friends. Um, and then, yeah, we just bootstrapped it from there though. You know, we got one small customer here in New York that no one's ever heard of. Our second customer ended up being Amazon. Amazon was your second. How do you even land that? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we, we, so we have a partnership driven model in our business. And so I was a looker customer at Etsy and jet.com. And so Etsy was a pretty early customer of lookers. Um, and I got to know a lot of their executive team, their sales team. And so people you know, hop around and they're like, yeah, let's yeah, bring yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I, awesome. I actually, when, before, when I was thinking about starting the company, I was like, I called somebody else up at Looker and I was like, hey, I'm starting, I'm, I'm thinking about starting like a consulting firm and we would do Looker consulting. I was like, should I do that? Is that a thing? Does that exist? And they're like, yeah, you should do that. So I was like, okay, cool. So I did it. <laughs> and then awesome. they, and then they basically gave us a bunch of customers, our early customers. And then, you know, to your point, it's like a chicken and the egg thing, right? You know, once yeah. you get one or two really big customers, you're able to really kind of bootstrap it from there. So it's been bootstrapped for the last, you know, let's call it five years. We, we did just get some private equity investment earlier this year. Um, to really grow the company. We think there's a great opportunity to, to really tackle the problems that we see across companies, really. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it is that you see because like the, the client, okay, so I have my agency side of things is boutique, very small, few clients that I can literally count with two hands uh, because I want to be involved and I have no desire whatsoever to have a huge agency. That has never been my dream. It's one of those things that I do it because I enjoy seeing how different stuff works in different niches and I, and I like helping people, you know? Now, with that said, with my type of agency, I don't get to deal with the Nikes of the world. That's just, you know, they work with massive agencies out there or internal teams for that matter. Uh, so a lot of the times when I'm digging into data, not only from my end, but when I'm looking at their back end, mm -hmm. there's so much stuff that I just catch. I'm like, why aren't you guys taking advantage of this stuff? Like, look at the data here. Like, you're not like, who? I mean, it just like, it baffles me that, People don't know what they can take advantage of. So I'm curious to see like how these huge companies, what they're looking at, what they're, you know, I don't know what you can talk about, obviously. No, yeah. I mean, I can certainly talk generally. I keep mean, it like, generic. You know. Yeah. Like, so what, are, like, okay, so let's start with e-commerce because I'm in e-com and I just launched a new brand. So I'm going to, obviously I look at all the data from the ads, click to rate, add to car ratio, you know, purchase, all that stuff. Then on the back end, I'm looking at, I'm like, who's my VIP customers, returning customers, browsing customer, top 25% spent on the site. Uh, you know, I can bring it down to like, I want to target people who have been on the site five times in the past 30 days on a certain page, product page or collection. So obviously stuff like that, emails, then you got your VIPs, you can segment the list and all that good stuff. But I'm assuming, because I talked to my buddy who's in, who's a data analyst and 
when he's piling this data for these huge companies, uh, the, the one he's in, it's in healthcare. So it's like one of the biggest healthcare companies in the US. So uh, he told me a little bit of how, what, not what they do specifically, but generic wise. So I'm curious to see when you go to a company like, a, uh, I don't know, like e-commerce, let's talk about e-commerce. Like what, when it's a huge, massive company, what is the first thing that you guys look at and, and start, and what, you, what do you start building from there, from there or segmenting, I should say? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's all the stuff that you just talked about. I mean, so it's so it's not like from a metric perspective that we we see issues because I think you know again there's a lot of great best best practices out there in terms of funnel analysis, conversion rate analysis, all the kind of stuff that you talked about, cohort analysis, that kind of thing. So a lot of times it's not that folks don't know that they should be doing it; it's just that they can't because their systems or technology or processes are limiting them. And so, for example, in a lot of really big companies. Um, there's obviously very huge silos of data and of people, right? So the mm -hmm. left hand isn't necessarily talking to the right hand. There could be one system for customers and transactions. There could be another system for um, kind of clickstream uh, type data. There could be another, obviously, multiple systems for marketing activation and things like that. And a lot of times these systems just don't talk to each other, right? And so, so our first goal whenever we come into a customer is to centralize their data in one place so that they can have their customer data next to their transaction data, next to their clickstream data, next to their marketing data. And that is, is you know, kind of a little harder than it, than it may sound intuitively because, you know, even like a small business like DOS42, we're probably running 30 different SaaS applications that run our business, right? And there's, there's yeah. that means there's 30 different data sets out there that we have to look, you know, look at to, to create a picture of our business. And obviously you can see how very, very large companies start to, you know, just multiply that. Uh, so, so it's really these data silos that exist that folks can't get centralized very easily. And that's really what we come in. We set up all the data pipelines to centralize that data in one place. Typically that's in like a snowflake or a data warehouse. It's something that's scalable, cloud-based data warehouse. That's the first step, centralize the data. Then the second step is typically to solve a problem around, you know, if you ask 10 different people for how many orders you had yesterday, there's probably gonna be 10 different answers, right? You're gonna have yeah. the different data set that I'm gonna have. And so the other, the second real piece, once the data is centralized, is to standardize all that stuff. So everyone's speaking the same language and talking off the same sheet of music. Okay. So obviously there's a, there's a structure that you follow when you guys take over and go in there. Um, Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, iOS 14 and my nightmare that has been for the past, I don't know now, three months. It seems like years. Okay, so... Pixels. <laughs> How much do you know about pixels and tracking and all that? I mean, you know, it's like let me put it this way: I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert in the in the full marketing technology stack uh, by any means, but you know, quite familiar with a lot of it. And and you know, this is something that we help our customers with is sort of taking a lot of the data that that gets generated from you know uh, app downloads, conversions from ads, and things like that, and and personal personalization, right? Um, of how to actually target uh, folks, uh, so that's that's certainly what we work with. But you know, again, not not the not the cookie expert. Uh, probably you know a lot about that as well. <laughs> right. So let, let me see if we can if we can like both help each other. Yeah. Out okay. Cool. So all right. So basically, essentially, the way the pixel works, uh, you know, to keep it simple, is it keeps track of you as a user. There's events that happen on a website, purchase, add to cart, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that information is sent back to Facebook. Now with the iOS 14 update, Apple's it's basically blocking all of that. And it's not only Facebook, it's everybody. So if the user don't, doesn't actively opt in to be okay to be quote unquote tracked, all that information is being blocked. So now we have attribution issues like Yep. It's a nightmare. Like, you know, if you're running Google ads, TikTok and Facebook and you have organic traffic, you have no idea where half of the traffic is coming from, half yep. of your sales, which makes my job super difficult. So ever since that happened with Apple, how how, how have you seen the shift affect your industry with those e-commerce Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's it's really been trying to drive more first party data and first party um, because you know, like that that's that's really where we've seen a lot of limiting um, you know functionality across so different first party data for someone like me. When I think of first party data, I'm talking about if I I'm trying to get their phone number, first name, last name, and email address. I mean, that's the first party data that I can think of that I can get from them without having to stalk their whole life. You know, and, and they have to be willingly to give it to you. So that's why you're referring to us as, as, as first party data. Anything else? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, I, and I think you, you're still able to track, um, you know, sort of activity on your own website, right? And so that's that's still possible, right? You can track the activity, but 
again, if it's an Apple user, that information is not going back to like, let's say Facebook, which is, a, that's what I specialize yeah. in. So Facebook can optimize that ad set or that right. campaign that's running because it's not getting the data back. And I did read, I know they're working on it. They're rebuilding the whole ad platform from scratch. And they said it's going to take a minimum of five years to redo it, which that's is crazy. to me, it's like insane. Well, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the issue, right? Is like Google now is going to have the, the, the only, you know, ability to do that because it's kind of in the walled ecosystem with, of within Google, right? Cause Google's coming also out with their own alter alternative to, to the, the third party cookies as well. They paused the project though. They oh, just is that right? They, I didn't they, see yeah, that. Yeah, they stopped no, it. They're okay. like, oh, I, we're right. pausing it for now. Well, probably. So who knows what happened there? <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, my question is, and I was actually talking to somebody before before we got on here, is my best friend who's in finance, he was asking me all about it because I try to keep him up with technology and all that. And uh, I go, he's like, what is Apple doing with all that data? I'm like, dude, okay, data, is, it's money, obviously. But yep. if it's just sitting there, I mean, obviously it's not worth anything, but who are they selling it to? What are they doing? I'm like, my only guess at this point, because Suck came out and he said, we see Apple as a competitor. Yeah. Is that they've been working on their own social media platform. And mm -hmm. one day they're just going to be like, listen, here it is. It's all private. We care about your privacy, just like we did with your phones. And this is going to be the best social media network ever because we don't intrude in your data or sell it to anybody. Meanwhile, they're going to let you run ads. That's right. the only answer that I have for that because what else can they do with that data besides for, you know, inside? purposes like for their, their own purposes well yeah i mean that's what i was gonna say is i think they also they still have sponsored posts or sponsored um app store listings and stuff like that and that's been one of the areas that i think has been really hurt hard hit hard we have some clients that are in like the casual gaming and mobile gaming space and they're really having difficulty you know um attributing uh downloads to ad spend right and so you know, I think probably, I mean, my, my, this is sort of my, um, you know, just off the cuff thought here, but like essentially, yeah. you know, if, if you can still advertise your app on the app store, uh, you know, Apple will still be able to optimize and use that data and then attribute it back. And then it'll be the only ones who can actually provide the attribution. So that'll cut out all the third party kind of app download ads and things like that. But that's just, you know, again, speculation on my end, but, you know, again, to your point, <clears throat> they're they're going to use that data somehow to monetize it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's an there's an end goal too. It's yeah, just we don't know what it is. I mean, I'm guessing the whole social media network thing is because, you know, they came out with uh, you know the messaging. The messaging is just like you know WhatsApp and Messenger. It's it's over data. It's not it's not like a text message anymore. If you're going from iPhone yeah. to iPhone, right? Yeah. So you got that. That's the first sign. Two. They push the emojis really hard, like make yourself an avatar. You know, it's like <laughs> and you pay for okay, it. Yeah, right. Like it's so obvious to me. And then the third blow of like, we're gonna cut, we're gonna wall everything off so nobody else gets this data. That's I was my like, point. okay, yeah. like this yeah. is like the, the super capitalism move of like, I'm gonna kill my competitors type of deal. Yep. And that's what you I'm know? saying. Like, you know, I mean, with the so app store. My, it's like again, they can, speculation. Right. They control the app store. They control all these different aspects, right? They control the phone. They can control what's downloaded onto the phone, all that kind of stuff, right? And, you know, just, you, I mean, you saw that with the um, the app store fees, right? And the in app payments and, and sort yeah. of the, the Epic uh, Apple sort of court case where, you know, they're trying to basically get around the fees that Apple takes um, for in-app payments. And, you know, they're just See, using all that leverage. I'm 50-50 on that one. And I'm going to tell you why. Because <laughs> I'm all about capitalism, right? I mean, if you come up with it and you figure it out, you should be able to make that money. And let's let's face it, without all those Apple iPhones, you won't be making that money anyway. Oh, for sure. So it's yeah. their audience. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I was a little split. Part of me goes, guess what? They own it, dude. I mean, I you're on their platform and, and you let it happen. There's only another Android. That's it. Nobody else came to the game, you know, and we're here for a reason. Yep. No, I agree. So, I mean, it seems like But it's then there. I see the developer side of things. Like, yeah. I couldn't imagine if my stores, like, I will have to give 30% of every sale to Apple. I mean, that's why I don't sell on Amazon because mm. one, they take like 30% on fees. And two, I don't get the email list. And that's yeah. the most valuable thing that I can have. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can get sales on Amazon, but then, yeah, I'll get sales. But then I can tell you right now, even if it's trademark, like 10 Chinese companies are going to come out and copy everything and put a different name on it. Then I have to deal with all the trademark stuff. Right. And then half of them won't be taken down. And it's like, uh, what is it? Like a uh, that uh, a Hydra. You chop one head off and then there's another one comes up. <laughs> the other one pops up. So, out, yeah. I mean, at least I'm in the type of products where it's a real brand and I don't have to go the Amazon route. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't do it because it's a wall of garden as well. Like, you don't yeah. have control. What happens if they wake up one day and shut down my store? Yeah, I know. Uh, I lost ad accounts with Facebook business managers. Like, my personal account got restricted. Like, it, it's scary, man. It's It really is scary. Well, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm saying is like, you know, people are trying to, like, with the first party data, but also just trying to make sure that they own the customer relationship because they realize that that's the most valuable piece and they can't basically give their customer relationship to whether it's Apple, Google, Amazon, whoever, Facebook. Um, and that's really the key. I mean, otherwise, like, you know, you, you won't get repeat business. You won't be able to build a brand. And and I think, you know, I, I personally in the e-commerce space, I'm excited by Shopify and Shopify has been really cool to see. Like as a consumer, I love shop, shop pay, right? I just go on the same website, my credit card saved, yeah. my dress is saved, one click, I just check out. Um, but I still know the brand that I'm buying from, you know what I mean? I know the website and, and it's like, you know, creating all these niche brands and things like that, which are really cool, you know? Um, so it's neat. Uh, and I hope that, you know, when we were at Etsy, you know, we were like, oh man, Shopify is awesome. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. And it's, it's a different type of marketplace than Etsy, but at, sa at the same time, it basically is a great platform, uh, both for consumers and, and I would imagine for, uh, for other brands. Yeah. Etsy's pretty cool, man. I actually slept on Etsy. I should have bought this stock. <laughs> chance. Yeah, well, like I totally, for some reason, it was so under the radar for me because you know, I always knew it was there, but I always thought of like, oh, it's like the mom that makes t-shirts on the yeah, side. Yeah, totally. You know? I, I think I, that I mean, was definitely what it what it used to be, yeah. <laughs> and I was so like concentrating on Shopify at the time, like building brands and stuff like that, that, that it just, it's my own fault, man. It went right by me. I'm like, then when I realized, I'm like, shit, I'm late, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I can still probably buy this stock and it still go up. Yeah, but, well, yeah. well, I was going to say, they, they've been doing a good job and, and you know, the, the team has been really hard at work. I know a lot of folks still, obviously, that work there and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been, it's been been a journey, though, right? I mean, like, it's, it's it hasn't been easy, I know. Like, when I, I was there uh, right when they went public and then, you know, probably for, like, six months or so after, you know, for a couple earnings reports after they went public. And, um, you know, it, it was a lot different then than it is now. And so the team has made a lot of progress to, you know, build out new revenue streams and increase growth and things like that. I always use uh, I always use Etsy and Amazon, Etsy, especially Etsy, uh, the perfect example for a high converting page. Yeah. Like if you go to their product page, I love everything about it. The reviews, then the, like yep. only so many left, you know, like oh, I'm like, that's what you need. That's <laughs> that's been you know how many millions of dollars have been spent split testing that? That's what you need to do on your store, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they, you know, and, and when we were there, we would, you know, it was really a cool culture of like experimentation, A-B testing, real data-driven data culture. Uh, and that was really kind of a lot of the things that, that helped me start start my company, which was like learning all that from uh, from both Etsy.
Etsy, the folks that work there, other folks on the data teams, like great data, data engineers, great data scientists, great data analytics folks. So I learned so much from them. And to your point, like that was exactly what they did. Every everything that was released on the site was an experiment. Everything was split tested or, you know, they had all kinds of really great internal dashboards that would show you the different conversion rates. And we would test all kinds of things all the time. And so it was really cool to see that. So learned a ton. Yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you haven't like, not people in this business, but like, you know, people. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are not in this business. I was like, I like we we see everything, and then they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's like a camera on you. I have videos of every single person that lands on my site. Totally. I'm like, you'd be amazed what a difference can make." changing the button color from green to Amazon orange in your store, like, you know, or the other way around. It's, it's crazy. You know, normal people don't think about that. I'm like, yeah, man, data, data, data. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you're, and you're right. You, you know, like even on the Amazon, like uh, buy box, you know I mean? All the different experiments that they run on Amazon and I know they do a whole ton of stuff, but you know, a lot of people knock Amazon's, uh, you know, product page because it looks kind of janky, a little old. It's old ugly, school. but yeah, guess what? It works. It, works. <laughs> it definitely works. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they know it works. <laughs> I tell people all the time too, like funnels. I build so many stores and funnels and all that, like between myself and clients and all that. Yeah. And my, my favorite, no, my favorite one, because it really pissed me off, but I built this funnel 
And literally, I think it was an hour and a half. Like just, I just threw it together on ClickFunnels just to throw it out there and test it and see if it works, you know? Yeah. To test the idea. Built it from scratch. It wasn't even a template. It was just black background, headline, VSL that I recorded, some copy, a couple images, and then, you know, the, the typical structure and then go. And it worked. So I'm like, okay, I got something. Like just proof of concept. Like people want this. Yep. And then I literally spent between designers, custom code, and I don't know mm -hmm. how much, like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to make it into the most beautiful funnel you can think of. And guess which one won at the end? The ugly The original one, one yeah. The ugly one, <laughs> by far, dude. I was so pissed off because it was such a waste of time and money. And I was obsessed with how good the other the beat looked. And I couldn't believe that A won every single time, even with different headlines. Oh, well, see, see that, that, I mean, but you know, it's, it's funny because this is exactly what we see our customers do is, is we see them a lot of times, um, you know, have opinions over data, right? And it's like, well, at the end of the day, data wins and we need to make sure that we're talking about stuff in a way that's quantifiable. You know, if you, if you have an opinion and I have an opinion, right? Like then, I mean, we, we all have opinions, right? So, but like data yeah. is gonna mediate it, right? Data is gonna tell us what to do. And in reality, when you talk about say, you know, spending a couple thousand dollars on redesigning the funnel, probably you saved a lot of money by because if you would have asked anyone on the street they would have been like yeah go with that one right and then at, yeah. actually if you had implemented that one for the long term you would have missed out on all these other sales right so that probably right. cost you a whole ton of money and the fact that you split tested it and actually you know gathered the data rather than opinions is super important so yeah, it's very interesting i'm always down for split testing everything you have to yep um so um what what's your tech stack or what tech stack do you recommend for like you know companies that are like not really, well, maybe starting out, but like, you know, they're already on their way up to keep track of all this stuff. Because I guess you don't really need to until you start getting a steady, heavy amount of sales. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we get this a lot. I mean, you know, and most of our customers that we work with probably start to be like, you know, 250, 300 person employee companies. Um, so like at the, at the smaller stage, right, you know, Google Analytics is always a great place to start on your website, right? Nothing wrong there. Um, and that'll, and that'll get you a lot of, a lot of, you know, that'll get you a long way. And, and we do see folks in Excel and other sort of spreadsheet tools. And eventually though, what happens is, you know, Google Analytics starts to, to, to not meet your needs or, and you, you think about premium Google Analytics premium, which is very expensive. Uh, and then, then spreadsheets start to break down because spreadsheets don't have what we call, you know, governance around them, right? It's like, you can edit your spreadsheet, I'll edit my spreadsheet, and now we have different numbers again. So that's really the challenge that, that we try to solve for. But, you know, our stack is Snowflake, uh, Fivetran, and something like Looker, ThoughtSpot, or Tableau, like a BI tool for reporting. Uh, and, and basically, the, like I said, the technology is, is basically a means to an end, right? It's like we're always trying to centralize the data, standardize the data, and then get the data to everyone. Those those three things, you could do that with a lot of different technologies out there. I'm glad you mentioned Snowflake. I own stock in it. <laughs> yeah, Snowflake. We're, we're actually an elite partner of Snowflake. So so we have a very, you know, pretty decent Snowflake practice. And uh, we've done a lot of implementations around Snowflake. So that's, that's a big driver for our business as well as folks actually moving to Snowflake from legacy type of technologies like, you know, Teradata, Natiza, Vertica, a bunch of these old enterprise kind of data warehouse that were on-prem, uh, very difficult to work with, very expensive. Uh, and Snowflake just makes it so easy. So, you know, even and even businesses that are much smaller than big enterprises, you know, Snowflake offers a pay as you go. You just put in your credit card and, you know, you, you, you spend a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, on that. If, if that's something that, you know, for medium-sized folks, it's it's really easy to work with. So. so let me ask you something now, now that I'm thinking about data, 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 and where we're heading to. Because obviously, Zuck is working on the metaverse. You got crypto. You got, you know, all the technology that we that 
that we already have and it's moving forward at an amazing pace and uh, you know, it requires all these server farms and all this stuff. Where are we going to store all this stuff, man? Like at one point, <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It's it's a really good question. I mean, like it's it's you know, I I can't even remember the statistics, but they're staggering. You know how much data has been generated in just like the last year or two, right? Um, you know, this is what the data centers are. Are you know, like Facebook, for example, Google, other folks, really big companies, AWS, obviously, Google Cloud. They're building out gigantic data centers. Um, and I've seen some crazy proposals to like put putting data centers underwater and stuff like that so that they cool better and they put them in the Arctic or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's one that's inside a mountain in Switzerland. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I don't, even, I don't remember who it is, but it's like it, it's inside a mountain like underground. And oh, actually, it's like I think it's part of the Federal Reserve. So that's why it's like secret. Oh, but it, they have go. to keep it cool because of all the data or something. Yeah, it's exactly. government servers or something. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's pretty neat. If you've ever gone to a data center, it looks really cool. And it's very interesting to kind of figure out. How that all all that stuff works together, but some something like Amazon S3, right? A very popular sort of storage service, you know, uh, that we use a ton. It essentially, is infinitely scalable. I mean, like for for practitioners, like for the practical purposes, you know, you'll never need to have to worry about running out of space on Amazon S3. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like yeah, yeah, that right? crazy, right? Um, but to your point, you know, now you're starting to talk. Excuse me, now you're starting to talk about video, audio, of course, all the sort of click data just the full the full set of streaming data that you you have um it's out of control it's nuts and you know it's very difficult to handle all that but you know that's what the the cloud providers are there for although we we've seen a lot of customers start to think about how to minimize cloud costs because cloud costs have gotten out of control and you saw um uh, cloudflare come out with an s3 competitor uh just recently and and that's some, something that i think is interesting to watch but uh long story short you know i think we're we're almost seeing a little bit of a of a once you get to a certain scale, you have to go back to a data center almost, you know, because otherwise the costs are, are prohibitive. But, you know, only really, really large companies can do that. So how do you think the game is going to change once like quantum computing, we take in quantum computing and it's, it, I wouldn't say mainstream, but once it starts hitting those data centers and all that stuff, what, how far away do you think we are from yeah, that? Yeah, it's a good question. It seems like we're still pretty far from that. I mean, it still seems pretty, you know, research-based and academic and, you know, pretty theoretical in some senses. But I mean, when you think about, the algorithms that are out there for like machine learning algorithms, recommendation algorithms. And, and we saw this at Etsy, even doing something as simple as saying like this product, you know, is similar to this other product and we should recommend these two products together. You know, if you think about it, Etsy has, I don't know, hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of, of, of sellers and items. And when you sort of combine those things, like the permutations are huge, right? You have hundreds of thousands of items, you have thousands of sellers, thousands of buyers, et cetera, et cetera, right? And, and start to put those things into like a, a matrix basically, and then you have to compute all the different scores. So I think, you know, having something like quantum computing out there is gonna really open up a lot of possibilities for machine learning because those type of things, even when we were at Etsy, would take, uh, you know, like a day to run this algorithm and compute all the output just to, you know, show you what to recommend on the website. So something like that, if it goes from taking a day to, you know, minutes, seconds, right, with quantum computing, then it's going to open up a lot more possibilities. A lot more people are going to be able to access those type of things because um, you're right, the data sizes just keep growing. right? So it makes the computations yeah. even more complex. And so data size keeps growing. Computation power needs to keep keep pace with it. And obviously, you know, maybe not obviously, but recently um, computation power hasn't really been keeping up with uh, with the data storage requirements. 
Well, the reason why I want, I want to know about it so bad is because I'm thinking in terms of running my campaigns. Like, <laughs> man, I can't even imagine what it would be like to hit go and get like it optimizes like literally in minutes oh, yeah, instead that's of right. that's right. you know having it to go for seven days to like. But people don't think about that. I mean, you know, like Facebook, they have what two billion users, and then you set an ad campaign. And it's an auction. It's like a, it's a very complicated algorithm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not you know. It's not just like. Oh, here I know exactly where to put the ad. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's you know you know a lot of um, a lot of problems are kind of trivial at a low scale at a small scale, but they become very very hard at very very large scale. So, you know, to your point, like Facebook is is running these campaigns. I mean, how many campaigns are they running? I mean, millions of campaigns, if not billions of campaigns. You know what I mean? And they have billions of users. So, um, to be able to optimize that stuff really really quickly is is a hard problem, um, and it's made all all the more hard by all the scale that they have. So you know having those computational power, having that computational power increase, like by orders of magnitude, uh, it's going to be a game changer. Absolutely, like I think it, when Facebook went down the other day for like six and a half hours, and I, and I can't remember if it was a minute or an hour. I think I'm going to say a minute, but don't come crucify me for it because I'm telling you right now I can't remember if it's a minute or an hour, but they were losing on uh, the audits. They lost like ad revenue was 200K. Wow, a minute. But I can't remember if it was a minute or an hour. I want to say, because I see a lot of campaigns, I want to say a minute. Yeah, I would think because, so. Because, you know, yeah, everybody's spending all that money together. So that gives you an idea right there of like how, how many people are advertising at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. All right, man, we're out of time already. See, I love podcasts like this. It just flies and then you get through it and you have a good time. And this was 100. So, uh, Nick, where can everybody find you at, man? Das42. So, uh, where can everybody find you, find the company, all that good stuff? It's just das42.com. Uh, happy to chat with anybody. It's uh, My email address is nick at das42.com. So, simple enough. Uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, feel free to stop by the website. Drop me a line. Uh, always happy to help. Absolutely. And I'll have, like, all the good, you know, all the links in the description. All that's the good stuff there. Nick, really, truly enjoy it, man. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Really appreciate you having me on. See ya. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.